0: Ready? Aim! There's too many! Anyone see my mammoth? Ah, step Stabby! Hello! We are uh, back! Well, I'm back. I'm, I've always been here, right? I'm always back. Um, but this week, I am Delightfully enjoined by uh Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Enjoined. You're enjoining me today apparently. Uh joined by uh Luke, aka Lucas Aurelius, um who some people may or may not know. Is I, I think I can say you're quite an important person in these parts now, I think. Right?
1: Well, yeah, I've had I
2: That's so weird to hear, you know what I mean? Because I never thought I'd be in this position. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, even with painting, everything like that, like all I ever wanted to do was just share and inspire and just be a part of the community.
0: Awesome. And uh, and somewhat on time as well, we're also joined by none other than, let's hope this works first time, a certain Brett Lanfer who's joining us live, I believe, right now. Yep, I'm here. Yeah, he is there. Cool. And there's his camera. Oh my god, you just replaced Luke. You're a terrible human being. Oh my yeah. god. I'll have to sort this out quickly. Right. um, So, first of all, let's talk brass tacks. Um, the most important thing is that Varame got released.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. He, uh, uh, I actually bought a copy of him. I don't uh-huh. know if Carlo told you, but I sent it home with Carlo for you. I oh. bought the copy I bought it and then put it on display at mm-hmm. one of the tables that wasn't being used, just to let people get a get a look at the rules, get a look at the models, get a look at anything they wanted to see in person. Kind of try to push some sales for the Family Time Games booth by displaying it. And then mm-hmm. after it do- after it was done, I don't. I already had enough bad luck. I don't. I don't want those nasty super Northerners there. So I just <laughs> packed it up and Carlos' stuff to take <laughs> take. That.
0: Uh, I appreciate that massively Brett uh, and yes obviously he's, uh, he's out as well uh, you must be absolutely thrilled Luke that there's some more models that you may or may not one day paint
2: <laughs> yeah so uh, my buddy Brandon actually who's uh, the one who got me into this game uh, mm-hmm. known as Brand the Bodybuilder on Discord mm-hmm. um, his favourite character of all time is Varamir Sixkins yes. so he has been waiting for this model kit to come out uh since before we started playing this game so um i'm happy for him i'm excited to see what he does
0: that is awesome i mean that is awesome um and when he gets painted up like all the stuff like i I know that you don't actually paint all your stuff it's all painted up by professionals that you 100 percent pay or your friends um no, not at all you. Uh, you'll have to you'll have to send us some pictures of that when it finally gets painted up uh, by Bran. Um, that would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> all right, then. So, we will talk about Varamir. We'll go into that uh, in a bit. But I think it would be precedent for us to talk about the most important thing that happened this weekend, which is that... Luke, you actually had an entire Stark army painted. It was ready. Yeah. I did. I did.
2: I feel, like, I feel like y'all got to see my Stark Army grow up. Uh, every unit as it gets completed, you know, submitted in and uh, finally got it finished up right in time. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, the display board looks beautiful, mm-hmm. probably too big, too unwieldy to actually take to many tournaments because trying to carry that thing around it's ridiculous
0: it is um, a very big board i was surprised <laughs> at, at just kind of like how how crazy all out you'd gone with it because um, it is massive um but yeah and uh, you know we uh, i can't beat around the bush any longer not only did you take the stark army that was so lovely painted uh, a solid zero for that um you took that army and you actually went and beat a lot of people and it turns out you won which is, is pretty good. Um, so the real question I have to, to start us off was not, you know, how was it like winning? How was it like all that? But how did it feel having such a nice army and then playing up against all these like power gamers and people like that who are bringing like unpainted models like Carlo, right? And then just being able to beat them with not just your own Starks, but a lovely set of painted Starks.
1: Surely.
2: <laughs> so... Putting a nicely painted army on the table is always uh, like a total pleasure. Like that to me is the appeal of a miniature's game, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah. seeing that painted army on the table. Um, but the the second point about playing power gamers who didn't paint their armies, <laughs> I actually had more games against other fully painted armies than I did against just colored plastic. Um, John Hurley had a beautiful Stark Army. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave from Small Council Radio, he let uh, Steve Emberley borrow his Free Folk Army, and they were beautiful on the table. Uh, my final opponent, Roger, had a really nicely painted Free Folk Army. Um, so there were several games. Oh, Mark Rupp, his neutrals. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even you know says he barely spent any time painting them, and they look you know just as good as my stuff. I spend way too much time painting, so. <laughs> actually seeing painted armies on both sides of the table i just kept saying over and over again like i gotta get pictures because this is beautiful
0: yeah no that is good um and you know as, as much as we can talk about you know power gamers wielding unpainted armies um i know that's not true i know that some people for them you know painting isn't as big a thing um so it's less of an issue uh for them but i do know that but you know i I, i'm terrible i i've had my Stark my starks my free folk here now here for like three years and i've painted like four units maybe i painted the giants um because i just don't have that motivation necessarily to get it done but uh but you are right when you see two painted armies on the field there's there's nothing better um Mm -hmm. so yes first place with uh with starks and um uh, I have to admit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a bit of a, a, a naysayer here, I feel like a somewhat fortuitous win with the Starks as well, given that the only person you lost to across the whole weekend is this guy over here, <laughs> mm-hmm. who you didn't even have to play making it to that final, that final round, which, uh, well that's his fault, not your fault. You did everything right, he just sucks. So go on Brett, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell us what <laughs> happened.
3: Against against the Barathians, yes,, so I think it was a combination of a couple of things. Um, going into the event i was I was very on the fence, as you know, I was speaking with you, with Michael, with Carlo, with Tom Tyler, uh, basically reaching into the the brains of the brain trust of everybody that i that I trust, you know, the people that I talk to a lot, and I had, I think eight different lists that I was considering. And in the end, I ended up deciding oh, that the combination of a couple of things. Nope. Oops. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I, I ended up deciding that um, instead of the Sworn Brothers with Jock and Hagar, I would do the Flayed Men. I felt like the Flayed Men were a nice tech piece. Um, I had mild concerns about Blind Baron. Uh, Greyjoys which was completely unfounded there were hardly any Greyjoys at all and then I just wanted a mobile unit right that actually has defense to be able to sit and hold a point to, to take some heat off of the Sworn Brothers and John. and I, I think that into the Baratheon match that was the match I didn't want right I felt mm-hmm. good playing Starks I felt good playing Lannisters I felt good playing Pretty much everybody with that secondary Jon Snow army that's got the Sworn Brothers, Jon and Hunters, and then it's got the Flayed Men. The only match I didn't feel great playing into with that list was Baratheons. And as it turned out, I ended up playing a lot of Baratheons. Um, So um, the first round of the finals, I drew the same Elden, double champs of the stag with Glory Seeker, Elden and Wardens and then a unit of pikemen i i played a practice game with him at family time games and it was down to the wire super tight uh we played secret missions i won on missions i killed nothing Um, (laughs) he is who i drew in round one same kind of situation um i didn't engage where i could avoid it but you can't avoid it 100 percent. but that mission it was secret missions again i was able to I think he made a couple of mistakes. I think maybe he didn't realize you could score on round one. Mm -hmm. So in round one, the object, the missions were every objective you control and two for the center. So my army's substantially faster than his. So I just relentless marched the sworn brothers into the center, took ghost onto another objective and I scored four in round one. And I think that is what ultimately let me win that game. The score was 11 to four, but Mm -hmm. without that round one, score i was out of steam uh, he had both battle endurances out and he was just beating the crap out of me so i think i went into the next baratheon match a little bit flustered before the game even started um mm-hmm. this is four times i've played baratheons with what what's my bruiser list and i just can't shake these units and so i went into his match seeing stannis the rightful heir, knowing that i was going to be token bombed the entire game knowing that light bringers are a big threat and knowing that the Queensmen are relatively untouchable. And I think going into Dance with Dragons with that mentality, I I think for a lot of it, I psyched myself. I've gone over the game a few times. I'm not 100% sure what I would do differently. I think focusing on the Wardens and Whitebringer side was the right idea. But I drew into Sword in the Darkness. I was planning to flip the table, but... Um, flip sides of the table but then mm-hmm. once I drew into swords with the flayed men I knew I would be able to get behind I I felt like that initial punch into his stag champs followed by the sworn brothers getting engaged with you know I had for the watch as well so I, my plan in round two was I was going to triple hit them with the sworn brothers with flayed men engaged all of those panic tests he'll fail some panics I only need him to fail one and that's enough and it wasn't enough <laughs> the flayed men <laughs> The flayed men charged the flank. I rolled a one so I couldn't play sword in the darkness. And I think given my own mentality, which is my mistake, I started to feel like, Oh, here we go. And then I kind of just let that snowball into me making kind of poor decisions. Um, And I would have been wise to retreat the sworn brothers out. Let the flayed men fight as long as they could until they eventually died because he did have tack approach, Mm -hmm. but I should have given myself a better opportunity to play the mission get some kind of a lead and maybe retreat away the rest of the game but instead i went all in 100 percent into the champions of the stack i threw literally my entire army at them at one point they were being attacked by john the sworn brothers the flayed men ghost and cold hands and over five rounds i never killed the unit and so i got i got blanked um it was 10 to 1 i think i scored one side mission once with resurrected cold hands but he just Oof. not only not only did i not kill the champions of stack with all those attacks he killed the sworn brothers with tactical approach he killed cold hands with tactical approach and he beat the crap out of john as well so i was yeah i was on the verge of being tabled really
0: oh wow i just champions of sag absolutely doing their thing um now it's actually really funny right it's really funny because I think the way it all worked out is that, you know, you, you ran into like a series of Baratheons on your route. Um, you know, unfortunately falling to one of them, uh, ironically, something that you didn't want to face a lot of. And then Luke on the other side of the bracket, right? Your like the, your day two was ridiculous. It was free folk, targ, free folk, free folk. Um, you ran into basically the complete opposite of what Brett was running into. Um, and yeah, you obviously, you know, you you beat down three free folk players in your run up, uh, as well as Carlo, um, which I'll hasten to add, I'm fairly sure means Carlo nil, US one. Um, that is a that is a score that we can keep now. Uh, so so uh, yeah, Luke, go on, tell me about your your route there. Um, a lot of free folk. There's a lot of free folk. You must be fed up with them by now.
2: Yeah. And so, in particularly day two, um, mm-hmm. we get there and we're all checking in. We're all waiting for the matchups and everything to come out. We kind of have an idea of, based on seating, who we're going to be playing
1: mm-hmm. in that
2: first round. And my opponent was uh, one of the individuals who, when they initially released the uh, list of individuals who qualified, um, Stephen, what's his name? Yeah, Sean, Sean mm-hmm. Emberly. Um, he had already left once they announced um, that they had messed up the ratings and <laughs> he thought he did not make the top 16 cut yeah. um, and then found out the next day, on day two hey, you know you made the cut they're playing in the tournament right now, so he runs over he doesn't have his army, he didn't even bring his army because he just came back to Gen Con to enjoy the convention mm-hmm. Um Dave from small council radio, let him borrow his free folk. That's After awesome. 15 minutes into that round, um, the judges came up to me and told me, Hey, your opponent hasn't shown. We're going to give you the win. Right. So I'm already, I mean, I just showed up and I've already made it. <laughs> um, it was an hour in to that first round and Sean comes running over and talks to the judges and says, "Hey, I'm here. I didn't. Nobody told me that I qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found out." And they come up to me and they ask me, "Do you mind? You know, it's your choice. Do you want to play Sean
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: since he's here, or do you want to just take the win?" Because they told me after 15 minutes, I could just have the win. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie. A part of me really, really wanted to just. Take the guaranteed win, you know. I mean, I have I can either have a hundred dollars or I can flip a coin and get a hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, then Sean told me he drove fourteen hours, fourteen or sixteen hours from Canada to be there for that tournament. Just mm-hmm. came to Gen Con for that tournament. And that's all I needed to hear. I was like, let's do it. So they gave us two hours. We played, and that game pretty much hindered on a panic test. Mance Testing on a four up, he rolls, I believe a two, and another, another number, you know, two plus, mm-hmm. greater than two. Um, and enough damage to wipe out Mance's unit. And at that time, we were playing Dark Wings, Dark Words, the mission was out, kill the enemy commander, it's worth two additional victory points. Yeah. Your commander's destroyed, it's worth an additional victory point. Great John had already been killed. Killing Mance was gonna be worth four victory points. I spit my panic token, had to re-roll a die. He needed to roll a one. And, I mean, I felt like time stopped. It was so like slow motion. <laughs> he rolls this dice, and it comes and hits the table, and it's a one. And there's, a, you know, a handful of people watching the game, and there's just an audible, oh.
1: <laughs> that, oh it.
2: that, you know, that close to just getting knocked out in the first round. Um, Sean's a great guy, great guy to play and uh, great sport. And I, and I hope for him, he had closure, you know, knowing I got my chance, I got my shot and, you know, it wasn't taken away from him. Um, and I hope he enjoyed the rest of the convention. He's a great guy.
1: That
0: great is, uh, uh, that's <laughs> savage. <laughs> that, that is savagely yeah. close. Um, yes. But you know, good guy, Luke. You won it in the end, right? Uh, You gave him that shot and you still got the win. So yeah, go on. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't have had it any other way.
2: And then, uh, of course... Sorry, if I can add something to this real quick, because the,
3: the the plot kind of thickens with this. Do you remember when I won Adepticon and there was some kind of talk about how I played the Mag the Mighty list in round one and I was saying, hey, I nearly lost this game. And I think a lot of people were like, no, you weren't even close to losing. But I really was. I, I played Sean. That, that's who it was. Sean Emberley. Really? And similar, sim- yes. Similar to Luke's situation. Um, we had a crazy thing happen in our game where I sacked Cold Hands to kill a giant. Then he had the last of their kind card, and he killed John back. So I was in a spot. My Ranger Hunters with Watch Captain had a token, and he took the lead there in that moment and it was like if i don't kill one one uh and run away i'm gonna lose this game the mission that i had with my ranger hunters was precision and i charged (laughs) one one i charged one one with nine attack dice and i rolled four sixes and killed him if 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 that hadn't happened then i think he can just run away uh he had his chariots alive at that point and things like this he could have just run away with the tokens and and beating me because that was the a version of the list where it was like john with ranger hunters hunters <laughs> with watch captain things like this and john was dead so and again the, the hunters had the token so he had no reason to go mess with the hunters he could have just i mean i lost ghost and john in one turn so he could have just what do i oh yeah that's what it was he charged ghost from last of their kind with mag killed ghost overran into the flank of john and killed John. <laughs> so in all reality, yeah. Anyway, it's just a side note, but it's just very funny that you and I both played Sean, and it was like, it was that close. So he's actually, a, he's a pretty solid Freefold player. So
0: I just wanted to make that note. I feel um, it's odd that you mentioned Overrun there because I feel like Overrun is kind of like Luke's probably message for the day, uh, playing that great John list. Um, obviously off the back of playing Sean, you went into a match with carlo which is on stream uh if anyone mm-hmm. doesn't know or didn't see it or wants to catch up on any of these games uh not the top table because they just kind of like did a mix of games on day two um but it's top table day one and day two it's kind of like a mix of some of the games on display um but the carlo versus Luke game was streamed so you can go watch it if you want to on the sunday slaughter twitch probably going up on youtube later on don't know if uh, stovetop steven is going to get that sorted shout out to him by the way for doing all that it was amazing uh, so yes you're into the carlo game and two things here number one you're playing against carlo which is an instant loss to anybody uh, <laughs> and uh and yeah I, I mean i saw great john go for a bit of an overrun uh, journey <laughs> so yeah uh talk me through this game
2: yeah, so the the one thing you won't know from the stream is that because Sean and I had to play, we started an hour late,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, so we our timer was separate from everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Everybody else finished their games and broke for lunch. Um, and as soon as I finished my game with Sean, which pretty much went down to time, the judges came up and asked me, hey, how much time do you need before you're ready to play? Because they're already setting up for the next round. Wow. <laughs> so I was like... I just need like 10 minutes to eat some nuts and drink a bottle of water and I'll be right over there. And Carlo looks over and sees me like trying to just shove, you know, all these almonds into my mouth. And he's like, I'm just going to go set the table.
1: <laughs> <I'm already laughs> ready.
2: Um, and yeah, uh, playing Carlo, I think my last three games were uh, actually on stream and, and shout out to Stephen, uh, Stefan. I see his messages in the chat, but I don't have any way to respond to him. What a great guy. I I love that man. And him streaming this whole tournament means so much to me because I didn't know this at the time. It's probably better that I didn't. Um, My wife, my family, my friends back home in Tennessee and Alabama, um, they were all following along. They were all watching, um, cheering for me from home, and I had no idea. But finding out after the fact, that means the world to me. that's, That's awesome. like that. That is. Yeah. Awesome. it's awesome. Yeah. So that game against Carlo, um, the, the I think the most important thing about that game was we played before Carlo <laughs> and I, um, and had I not played him already, um, and it, and we did the Trogo versus Edard with cavalry matchup, um, and I came away with the win on that game. And I knew going into this playing him again, if, if we ended up in a similar situation, that he would, he would likely go with Grey Worm for an additional activation. So Drogo list is eight activations, Grey Worm's nine. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was probably the way he was going to lean. And the mission was Dance with Dragons. Mm-hmm. So a mission where I don't want cavalry units picking up objective tokens and getting reduced to two movement. Um, so I went with my infantry list, he went with his, nine activations to eight, and it was Grey Worm versus Great John. And if anyone wonders why he didn't play Drogo, um, I think Drogo would have been much worse in that scenario than Grey Worm would have been. Mm -hmm. And especially since, you know, we had played out the Drogo matchup before, and I came out with a win in that one. Um, I, I will... And then I had some pretty good luck against Carlo. Um, I think the one mistake he made was not uh, recognizing the availability of the ARIA tokens. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the end of the round. I used an ARIA token to move Great John's unit, which he paid respect to. He gave you know quite a bit of birth between his units and Great John, but not enough for an ARIA token to move up five, and then that guaranteed 11-inch charge from Reckless Heroism. Um, and I was able to charge in and hit Grey Worm's unit of Cutthroats.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And between the hitting on threes, on seven dice, re-rolls, dropping a Vulnerable token, maxing out the wounds on a Berserker Tactics, uh, which also drops a Panic token because mm-hmm. Great John's unit is Umber. Uh, it was enough to 12 wound to zero take out Grey Worms unit of Cutthroats. And then, it wasn't really a plan of mine, but I'm always looking for that, that option and availability. Right after Grey John kills a unit, where where is a potential overrun? Mm-hmm. And out of the corner of my base's arch, <laughs> I catch a glimpse of Jorah, just barely. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a five-up charge away. So I believe I don't remember if I played a card to get a reroll roll on the charge or not, or if I just said, well, I'm going to search forth that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. So this will just be, you know, if I fail, I fail. I'll just be closer where I want to be. I roll, I roll a five or a six. I don't remember what I roll, but I know that I make it into Jorah. And I'm <laughs> able to take Jorah out. And it is just a two for zero trade to start the second round. Um, and I think... It was just very difficult for him to recover after that because two unsoldy pikemen had already picked up objectives and were at two movement each. And I've been in that situation before and I know that's not where you want to be. No. So then everything else just collapsed and turn you know, turn after turn of Carlo backing up two inches as much as he could, uh, it just it was eventually overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he just uh he kinda just got killed. <laughs> At the end of that yeah. game, yeah. Um, uh, he, he self-admitted, I think, uh, he made one crucial mistake with an alignment uh, allowing you to get a second charge off onto one of the Pikeman unit. Um, yes. I don't know if that would have won in the game, but it certainly would have made it harder for you, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the the, the momentum and, and all the kind of, like, onus was definitely on you to win that game rather than Carlo throw it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, No, that was was a good opening, obviously, and then it it went really well. Um, Now, I have to admit, I was out during your game against Ilya for a a small section of it, Um, but I saw he took a mag against you, uh, and then I came back and I saw he'd lost all of his units and you were, like, on one side of the board with all the courts files. Um, I don't know how that happened. Uh, I'm not going to... I'm probably going to have to go watch it back to try and work out what the hell happened there. Um, But, yeah, it just felt like you kind of... Kill them.
2: Yeah, and that—that that is a strategy I have learned against Free Folk, particularly in that scenario, Feast for mm-hmm. Crows, which is, I think is a good scenario for Free Folk. That's, yes. that's a scenario they can see. Um, when you've got tons of infantry units that you don't care about, they're, um, oh, not expendable, but what, insignificant.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You can send them in, they die, you get to throw a corpse pile back in long range, you can endless hoard additional units in to come sit on piles, it's a great scenario for Free Folk, and I've played it plenty of times with my buddy Brandon, mm-hmm. and I've lost plenty of times <laughs> to learn my lesson uh, that you don't want to give them additional corpse piles if you can mm-hmm. avoid it. So I always try to stack one side of the board and say, this is the side that I'm going to win. You can have that other one. You can have the one on the other flank. That's all yours. Um, but I, if you're going to kill something of mine, I'm going to make sure it's an infantry unit. If I kill something of yours, I'm going to make sure it's not an infantry unit. Um, So, of course, the targets I went for were the Chariot and Mag. Um, Those were the things I wanted to prioritize taking out first. Mm -hmm. And I was okay to lose Great John. In that situation, I would rather Great John go in, kill something like a Chariot or Mag, trade, and then throw that Corpus Pile back my way. And... I was lucky that the series of events, when my two units were killed, my She-Bears, um, and my... No, is it my She-Bears? Remember, if it was the She-Bears with Rickon and Asha, mm-hmm. and uh, Great John's unit. I had both last stands in my hand when those units were low, and I knew it's better to just let them die, mm-hmm. and throw you know, their corpse files back, and then take something out on the way out. Um, and and that was the plan all along. And I feel like mag and chariots are a big reason why I chose Great John as a commander. Because, obviously, Berserker Tactics, Lash Out and Last Stand, mm-hmm. um, all tools that are very, very useful against mag and chariots.
0: Yeah. No, incredibly. Um, it's very interesting because... Uh, one of the one of the players at our local club plays a lot of stark and plays a lot of great john He's, uh, he enjoys playing great john um and yeah like obviously those those cards are very uh very dangerous and you've got to have a lot of respect for them i think uh i think a lot of people forget just about how dangerous they can be um mm. and so yeah you've got to, you've got to do a lot more than just hey i'm i'm going to let this unit come and kill everything because it becomes a dangerous unit to then counter or to try and kill yourself because you just end up killing yourself especially with the likes of chariots and mag who just kind of kill themselves on them um, which uh, is probably a win as you say for the start player in most of those scenarios um, so yeah that happened and then you played against roger in the final right uh, roger in the final with his free folk he ran a steer list into you um, now before we, we could get onto the game and, and seeing that kind of played out uh i think feng uh feng posted his lists up uh posted his list anyway and explained that um the thing that he said or what he believed the lists were is basically um a list pairing of steer for squishy lists and tormund for high armor lists Now, that is not how I build Free Folk whatsoever. Uh, Completely different to the way I think about the game and the way I think about list building. But it's very interesting. And actually, if that is what Roger built them for, running them into Starks at the end of the day, I was like, well, hang on. Starks aren't particularly squishy. But they're Mm -hmm. not exactly tanky. So, like, he runs the steer list... But I still don't actually think necessarily that that steelist is is very good into what you're doing because you don't kind of don't give a shit about dying. You're just you're just gonna kill everything while you go, go about doing it, right? So um, it's it's interesting. I have a very very interesting matchup. Um, and yeah, you just kind of walked the blenders at him, and the blenders kind of blended, and everything died. Like literally everything seemed to die.
2: That's yeah. That's what she bears and Great John do, and yeah. that, and Roger played. Roger played really well, except <laughs> I, I think there was just one um, one time he just didn't know that the she bears hardened from the Mormont veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, he was under the impression that Dalla's hits off of the bag um, would be blocked by hardened. Oh. So there were there was a situation where I had two uh, two she bears left, and he takes Dolly on the back, and I'm thinking in my head, "Well, they're dead. You know, I don't have last stand. That's that's it, um, and I'm gonna have to just figure out a new plan for the middle." And he hits my sworn swords instead, um, who are at full health, and you know, I'm I'm fine with them taking taking a few wounds and keeping my she bears alive. Um, had he done the five hits to those. She bears, I'm almost confident they would have died, and it might have actually been a pretty different game mm-hmm. because because he didn't take out those she bears. I think those two ladies killed like two units like finished off some raiders with Tormund and then or and thens uh, I don't remember in now, but I just remember they had two units engaged with them the beginning, and at the end of the round, there was nobody left <laughs> so like two She Bears and one of them being a Mormite veteran, uh, can do a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. hitting on twos with Catelyn supporting them and War Cry. I mean that that is super, super reliable. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, just getting getting the opportunity to come and kick kick the shit out of some pesky armor five or your armor four units, just kind of roll the dice and go, Right, let's go. Seven on twos, let's uh let's let's get those Cryplos. Um yeah, no, obviously great. Uh and obviously come back with the win.
1: What did you see from that game with Roger?
0: Yeah, what did you see, Brett
1: Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. I think um
3: the big things that stood out to me um I I spoke when it was happening. I thought the chariot charge was ill-advised. Um it was weakened. You were blocking three hits. Worse, you were at one rank, so he was only getting one extra hit. I didn't see the dice being enough to get rid of, get enough hits to get past your defense. Um, and when I spoke to him about that, he said the Chariot Charge was meant to bait Great John in because he had Final Strike. Obviously, the Final Strike, I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but you, your Great John was at six wounds. You were vulnerable, right?
2: No, so that vulnerable was um, when he puts the tokens for the vulnerable and the panic token out. Those are actually from devastating impact. That's yeah. from okay. me, my card playing, me bringing Great John in, and there was just no room around the chariot to set those tokens down. But I was panicked.
3: So you rolled six defensive saves and you you blocked five, right? And then he yeah. had you. Then he told you that you needed to roll five, and then so you re rolled them, correct? Or you blocked one, took five. Yeah. Then you rolled five blocked one to four mm-hmm. at any rate. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't think he should have thrown the chariot out. I think mm-hmm. he could have done a little bit more with it than just losing it there and kind of, you know, letting, letting the great John get there and, and play last stand the way that he did into those thins. Um, i I felt that it was a little bit of a playing mistake because i just didn't see the she bears getting evaporated and i knew you would aria up get into his flank i don't even think you had to aria right
2: yeah so after great john kills the chariot he just overruns i think into the
3: No, i mean to get great john into the flank of the chariot did you have to spend an aria or were you already in his flank
2: no no so uh, i was already in his flank because um when those i spent the aria token to have the she bears retreat right when they were I just pulled him back full distance because I wanted to leave enough room for that big old chariot base well, to come in. And you in. baited him in.
3: Mm-hmm. So I. So anyways, doesn't matter. I felt I felt the chariot. I don't think it was his best play. I think he took that bait, and I don't think he had to. The other big mistake besides the dala, um, his positioning was steer, he could have had steer on that objective. And in the round where he used coordination tactics to war cry, he could have he could have done hold the line as well Mm -hmm. and probably killed the she bears with hold the line, but steer wasn't close enough steer wasn't close enough to hold the line. So it was just a matter of, you know, when he made that maneuver to stay on the token and, and get into taunt range of the sworn brothers, he could have just pulled steer over a little bit more and then been able to hold the line on you. So I think you know, I, I, I don't really ever like to be critical of a game that I'm not playing because I don't know what cards he had. I don't know what mm-hmm. his plan was. So I try not to be critical. That's just what I saw. That would have been what I was doing. When I play Free Folk, I try to use coordination tactics for War Cry and Hold the Line simultaneously because it, it just makes the most sense. Um, when you borrow Warcry from Tormund, you're borrowing Stalwart, Then you want to give Tormund hold the line as well. And of course, I've seen Mickey do it a million times. And you know, I, I learned, learned what I learned a lot from watching Mickey. And I just felt like, you know, he didn't he didn't leverage his deck as well as he could have. I think a lot of his plan was taunt, getting you over the stakes. And I think maybe he had tunnel vision. And that wasn't his only win condition. It wasn't his only way to get a win.
0: Yeah, well, certainly. Uh, the the op- one of the opening plays was um was a very interesting moment where there was uh position you, you kind of positioned uh a unit you moved forward uh, from a horse i believe um and you took the horse in the opening round and you positioned then you twisted at the end to get like a better march angle or whatever and then he just kind of marched he moved the fens up at the start of round two to just be within torque range and it was like huh shit <laughs> And so he had to spend um you had to spend your two inch shift to kind of shift back out of range and not have to worry about that so that that was a whole little play over on that side um but yeah Ended up being not that side at all, which, which dictated the game, but instead the middle uh, and the other flank, which uh, you were able to roll up. Um, which takes us to the end point, which uh, that was the winning game, right? You won, you won the event off the back of that. Uh, say, defeating three start, three free folk players in a row um, and beating Carlo, uh, which, you know, is... I, I mean, I wasn't there, right? But if there was a run to go on it's to go and beat three meta lists out there, like super high in meta, and then to beat Carlo himself for me. That would be my ideal run to a, a champion win, so you've got to be pretty happy. Um...
2: Very happy, and I mean, even even the five games the day before, yep. um, against two Stark players, United mm-hmm. Watch players, one of them was Brett, and um, Neutrals player Mark Rupp, um, those weren't easy games. Um, but I, 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 mean, I dropped my game against Brett and I didn't just drop my game against Brett. I mean, I got spanked, um, mm-hmm. like Brett put on the clinic and taught me, you know, I, I thought I knew night's watch and I didn't know night's watch. Like I thought I knew night's watch. Um, and you know, playing all those players the day before five rounds, Getting to sleep late, you know, Brett and I and a few other people went out for dinner and, you know, didn't get our food until late and got in late and woke up early. Yeah. Um, so after nine games, I only drop one to a player I have a ton of respect for. Um, I'm happy with the weekend. I'm happy with the result. And I'm even happier with all the people that I met and the friendships that I made. Like, I love this community, man. <laughs> Uh, I've played a lot of games. I've been a part of a lot of communities for the last 20 years. And this is the best. This is the best one.
0: That's good. That, that is awesome to hear. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the best things that we said last year about the LGT, the games were good. Don't get me wrong. Like, we enjoy playing the game, right? We wouldn't not enjoy playing the game. But it's not really necessarily about the games that you play. It's about the people you're playing the games against. Um, mm-hmm. And the people... Uh, the LGT last year, the socialising and the beers that we had after games and things, that was the best part for me. Uh, you say it there yourself, it's the, the best part is is not just getting to play the game, but meeting people who are, you know, awesome. There there are very few people in this community I've met so far who I'm like, I never want to meet you again. Like I don't yeah. think there's a single person who I've ever played who I don't think I'd ever want to meet. So So, yeah, I think i mean that's pretty impressive um
1: because mm-hmm. and it like, like if the
2: only game i drop is yeah. to last year's national champion like that's a good weekend i'm okay with that so
3: it was a fun game too i think um i think i would have preferred that cold hands died when he didn't so that we we could have played a game out properly i Dislike it when dice skew the way that they did against you. Um, for those who don't know, he rear charged cold hands with mercs. I think you got six hits.
1: Six uh, hits, maybe
3: five. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I popped two sixes to stay alive, and uh, and and that meant that the blade men. Six. <laughs> what? what?
1: Yeah, all oh, these wow. one win. Well, there I'm, we I'm glad it.
3: you're here. I'm it glad we tell the story the way it's supposed to be. Oh, because <laughs> they tanked the flay. He tanked the men attack too, right?
2: Yeah, I don't think the men even killed them. I, I, yeah, yeah <laughs> and, that,
3: and that, oh. that allowed that allowed the Cavaliers to die, and then it was bad from there.
2: Yeah, it was the lesson that I learned, Brett, and I took this into so many other games after we played. <laughs> I had devastating impact in my hand. I could have played it when yeah. I charged yeah. in with the Stormcrow Mercenaries.
3: Yep, and he's dead
2: being yeah. cold hands in the rear, I thought it was overkill. So I saved it because cold, killing cold hands was going to free up my flamen.
1: Um, yep.
2: Free them up to go do great things somewhere else and use that devastating impact, you know, to maybe take the unit out. So I didn't, so I didn't use devastating impact and then you roll those four sixes and I'm just sitting there like, wow, why did I not just guarantee this? Now I'm in a terrible position. So now the flamen are locked up they got to waste their activation to try and kill the cold hands. I don't even know if I can hitting him in his front on fours. I'm gonna have I, to do three wounds. I'd have to hit him six times with no yeah. recoil.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: it, it was just a bad play, but I took that lesson into all my other games. And you know when I played devastating impact on Great John to charge in to Rogers' chariot and the flank. I think I rolled five hits, and at that moment, that's when you can decide to play Berserker Tactics or not. I yeah. played it, and I took the max wounds, and I said, four, four damage. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to play around with the number. I'm not going to try to get cute. I want as much of a guarantee that this is going to be a success as I can possibly do, because, because of what Cold Hands did. Um, and it, it, it worked out well for you. It worked out so well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Lesson, yeah. uh, a lesson learned definitely, if you've got something in hand and you're not 100% sure, make it 100% and just play it, get it out there. Spend the resources. That's,
2: that's a great segue into talking about the Great John list real quick, just yeah. as a whole, and why, why I like it so much and why I think it works. And, I mean, the, the Great John list itself went undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of all these built-in guarantees in, in the list, right? You've got two War Cries, um, you've got Great John's unit of Cutthroat to when they charge someone, mm-hmm. they can if they're unactivated re-roll hit dice and drop a vulnerable token um, so even if you're charging through hindering terrain, if you're hitting somebody who's unactivated, you're going to get your rerolls anyway. Great John himself using Reckless Heroism guarantees you a 6 which more than just guaranteeing you the distance on the charge, guarantees that you can play tactics cards, right? Because you're not rolling a 1, you're not disorderly meaning that your Berserker Tactics is going to be ready to use when you need to use it. If you've got to make that charge and hit Mac the mighty, you need to drop four auto wounds on them with your Berserker Tactics. You don't really want to be rolling a one on the charge and not be able to play cards. So those guarantees take a lot of the risk out of the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my units, like She Bears, get down to hitting on twos on their last rank. Starshorn swords can hit on threes with a reroll on their last rank. Shaggy dog, four attacks on threes. Vicious sundry. Last stand means I guarantee I get value out of my unit even if it dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, lash out means that my Mormont veterans, if you're coming in and you don't do any damage at all, you, you might be taking four wounds. Yeah, um, it's guaranteed, right? It's guaranteed damage. The Berserker tactics is guaranteed damage. Um, and I can make risky plays with Great John, charging him with berserker, with not berserkers but cutthroats. And when they charge in at the auto six, they get their rerolls. Even if they go through hindering terrain, they drop their vulnerable token. You play berserker tactics. You take those max wounds to deal four. You can um, then drop a panic token because they're umber. You basically just gave yourself your own war cry. Yeah. You've got those two tokens. You've got two war cries. Built into the list, um, those tokens themselves are rerolls, right? That's even more insurance that your dice are not going to be what lets you down, just your decisions, right? <laughs> <laughs> and if you make risky plays and you get yourself in a bad position, you got ARIA to bail you out. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I dig it. Yeah. It's. Uh... It's certainly an interesting listen to um, to echo kind of like uh, something that Charles said that I might say all the way at the start of the episode. Before the episode even started today, I pinned this uh, comment from Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he said I'd make a joke about playing a real free folk player. Now, I actually think that, you know, the likes of Ilya, uh, he's a real free folk player. Sean, he plays real free folk as far as I'm aware. Um, and Roger, I... Don't know much about Roger, but I am led to believe he plays a lot of Free Folk. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to make a joke about playing a real Free Folk player. But, you know, uh, I will sit here and say that we still need to have that rematch um, ever since the, we had that initial game. And,
1: uh, Can we I talk think about that initial the... game
2: real quick? Because
0: yeah, go that was the
2: first time I've ever played Player Choice terrain. I've oh, always on. played Yeah. you put out two bogs. It was Dance with Dragons.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You had egret. You had traps, and I had no idea what I was getting into. My she bears on the bog on a on it picking up a Dance with Dragons token had zero move.
0: Zero move. All I could do was pivot. <laughs> I remember that. That was. Uh, <laughs> I remember just watching this. I think it was. I think it was Rickon's unit. It was Rickon's yeah. unit. Sat there being like, um, "What do we do?" <laughs>
2: uh, oh yeah. So that was that was lesson learned uh, there, yeah. uh, and the power of player choice terrain with a player who knows how to use it well.
0: Yeah. Um. I- yeah, so I mean, it's it's interesting because you said it earlier, *Dance of Dragons*. You know, you don't want to uh, against the game Mikala. You know, you don't want to be lured into taking these uh, these objectives um, because it mm-hmm. is limiting. You know, it is it is a real kind of like you have to know when you want to pick them up um, because there's a chance that that unit will never do anything for the rest of the game. Um,
2: and now, for, and for me, with yeah? the start, it's always Shaggy Dark. Yes shaggy on a flank objective where wherever they are not, right? Mm -hmm. And something I did in every game, and I I always do this in every game, is I'm deploying with Starks. My first deployment is always shaggy dog, 10 inches up, right in the very middle of my deployment zone. And the reason I do that is because that right there, if I'm deploying first or even if I'm deploying second, it gives my opponent no information whatsoever. Correct. They have no idea shaggy dog is actually going to go and i can wait until i see all the units on the table and decide okay he's going to go over there and he's Mm going to go 18 inches and we don't score our objectives till round two so i've got i can't do math what is that 32 yeah
0: that's right yeah no
2: No, 36 36
1: 36.
0: jesus
2: 36 inches that's huge in this game. 36 (laughs) inches to play with right before objectives even get scored so uh Shaggy is my Dance with Dragons token carrier from now on, right? I have learned my lesson. I learned it against you. I learned it the very next day and the very next game, I got Dance with Dragons again against Tom Tyler. Same thing. Mm And Dark starts on her guard, picks up the Dance with Dragon tokens. I play two Fury for the Fallens. I think I need like, I think I need a three up the first time because my move's only a two. Mm -hmm. It's like five away from me. Play Fury for the Fallen, fail move forward. Uh, <laughs> I think I bump into my own unit so I don't even get to go the full distance. I just go one inch. <laughs> and then I had, I had two Fruity the fallen, fallen in my hand. So I already played one. He gave me another opportunity. I played the second one. Failed again. Rolled a one. Mm-hmm. Those Dance of Dragon tokens are the worst. Yeah. They, are. Learned
0: they are the worst. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just the worst. <laughs> um all right awesome well thank you very much for talking through the lists thank you very much talking through your experiences now we talked about the games and i don't want to be a negative nancy here but we do have to tackle the organization <laughs> um in case people weren't aware the organization of the event uh, in the run-up to the event was not great um, there was a lot of a lack of information uh, a lot of people weren't really sure what was going on um, it wasn't up until like a couple of days before that you knew about like the covid kind of things that you had to do with the registrations and stuff um, now some of that is nothing to assume on that's that's Gen Con itself of course uh, it's information there but then the event itself um, they decided kind of like at the last minute by the sounds of it to run it on ttt um and uh i am led to believe i wasn't there right i was led to believe there were quite a few issues with drawing rounds <laughs> um and i know that brett for example is listed here as uh he came fifth with four games played because they couldn't add a second buy-in for him um yeah obviously I'm going to sit here and say, isn't stats amazing and why don't they just use stats? <laughs> but I know that uh, Rob's Rob was told by people above him that don't use it, you know, or we want you to use TTT, not stats or whatever. Um, that's not his decision. Um, but Jesus Christ, it makes you realize how useful stats is, right? <sighs> Hopefully.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it some of that stuff could have been avoided. Um... <clears throat> uh, without that software or they could have, I mean, <laughs> of course I, I, of course I support stats. So, um, <laughs> I, but even, even in that case, maybe they should have just gone to something manual or somehow created a, like a fake player, Gen Con player one and used Gen Con player one to input matches and just to get the, the, the scores right. Because when I jumped into the fray, obviously I'd been, I took a little bit of my time that morning and did some relaxation, had my proper breakfast and and all of that stuff and showed up like when people were getting started in round two. So I made my way around checking on people, seeing how they were doing, talking. And I had to do, there was only one, maybe two crushing victories in round one. So I knew that going into round two, I would either get whoever got a crushing Mm -hmm. or I would get the next highest and they kind of enter some stuff in. And I was planning to come in on table one, not that that necessarily matters, but then they handed me the pairings and I was on table nine against uh, a J board. And, you know, I was like, all right, i guess i'm fine with this because the mentality i i believe still now the mentality going into a tournament you know for anybody that kind of complains about their pairing you have to go into the tournament expecting that you could play anyone at any given time so you go into a tournament you shouldn't necessarily complain about your pairing like oh i had to play night's watch and i shouldn't have because brett was supposed to come in on top table like realistically i could have fallen at any point he would have had to play me anyway Mm -hmm. that said he was fine with the match. I was fine with the match, but I just wanted to run it by them. I was like, you know, um, just for the sake of everybody else playing today, I should probably be on table one coming in with a 6-8. I shouldn't be playing Greyjoys. I don't want any negative comments, you know, saying that I had some super easy path to get in, you know, or something like that. Not saying that Noel's a bad player, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so then they they did the, a repairing, and then that repairing ended up, causing, I think, someone to play someone they had already played. So then we had to repair again. And then was there th- was there a third, Luke, that day?
1: A third mix-up?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't remember. Regardless, um, I mean, a lot, yeah. you know, say what you want to say. That's... Say what you want to say about anything. That's, that's why I like using stats, because I'm human and I make errors, right? When I run tournaments, I like to run them through stats because... I think I'm the only person that actually fucked up stats for two events and had to have (laughs) Carlo fix it for me, but it should be impossible. But I think he made it after my fuck-ups to where it actually is impossible to do to mess it up. I managed to mess it up. He went in and, and made sure that you could never pull a Brett and mess it up. Like stats, you just can't. Unless the players themselves do input errors, you can't mess it up. And so I just believe that as a TO, especially at such a big event, it's nice um and even if you run into players that are just like yeah i don't want to be on stats i don't ever want to use stats as the to you know the day before or however it is you can say okay if you're not going to register yourself for a stats account that you use i've created one your name is gen con player brian and this is your password to get into stats and then you say like yeah you just log in you enter your score, verify it with your opponent, and then we'll double verify this before I set the round. And it seems like there's less less room for error at that point, right? You, you've got a, a check system between the players themselves. They can see their score posted immediately and know if it's right. TO can correct it. And then finally, the TO looks at it and says one more time, hey, is this right? And then you lock it and you go. It does all the math for you. Like, screw math. Math is hard. If you um, hard. Math is wrong sometimes too. Uh, five five hits on sixes should not equate to one wound, right, Luke?
2: <laughs> hey, and I I never complain about dice. Like dice, dice are what they are. Cards you draw, they are what they are. Like, 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 and I you know give you the credit for where it's due. You know what I mean? Like, um, maybe I'll get you next
3: time. <laughs> You make it you you make it impossible for anyone to ever say anything bad about you. I love you so much.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um,
1: you're
2: right. Like, I agree with all the points that you know, just real quick, like having players put in their own scores, see the see the confirmation screen in front of them, um, versus, Everybody handing in handwritten my handwriting's terrible sheets of paper to a single point of failure who has to do all the manual data entry. I think you just set yourself up for human error.
0: Yeah. Don't get me wrong as well, like I understand from a from a perspective that not everyone wants to use tech and things like that. Like I really do understand that. Um but yeah, even a TO on site, you know, could just use a simple laptop or their own phone. You don't even need the players to enter the results if you don't need to. A TO can do that. Um, So, you know, still, yes, fallible human error, less checks involved, but it doesn't require everyone at the site using stats actively. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's just... uh, I'm not going to sit here and complain and say, why didn't they use it? I know full well why they didn't use it. But I think it's just one of those kind of like... We saw so many errors happen in what should have mm-hmm. been a flagship event for the US, um, mm-hmm. marred by, and, and this is the thing, like marred by silly errors. They're not even like crucial, like, oh my God, the event simply isn't working. It's the kind of like, oh, this is annoying. It's just annoying. It's it's not game breaking. It's not going to end the day. It's just annoying. <laughs> um,
3: so yeah. And- and with that said, I, I do want to, again, I don't, I don't want to be like a negative Nancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, why am I, why can I not think of his name? Oh, my God, Robert. Rob, Jesus. Yeah, Rob, Robert Culkerson is, like, he is just so level-headed and, like, just the coolest dude. And then there was another T.O. I didn't actually catch his name. That knew the rules pretty well. He caught Luke on that pivot, which says yeah. that he knows the game pretty well, because that's yeah, not man. a obvious yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, there was, I think, uh, her name on Facebook is Marie. Um, I think her name's actually Mary, right? But she was running around taking pictures, keeping Facebook updated, which was very, very nice to have because, You know, normally I try to do those things, but I saw that she was doing it. So as far as the people that were there, everything was great. The VP of sales, Adam, was there.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, He was enjoying it. And then, of course, Michael and Fabio were sneaking up on people and scaring the crap out of them when they were playing just to (laughs) check things out. So minus the errors that happened, which, you know, however you feel about that or whatever that is the the representation from simon and Asma day was was very professional very friendly very cool very chill and it was it was really really nice
0: mm-hmm. i think that's i think that the big takeaway for me really is you know when we talk about an event i think there's there's two sides to talk about it right there's the the playing in the event and the players and everything like that which can be good or bad now ultimately i think a lot of song events are pretty good and the bigger the event typically the better not because um big events are better but because you've probably got more people more people that you don't know as well and you're getting to meet more community and and simply having a bigger community there is a nicer feeling so i do think bigger events are generally better on that front uh not a criticism towards small events whatsoever just simply less people means you probably know most of them already but not necessarily um but I think there's the other half, which is like the organization and the running of the event, which is down to TOs and not just TOs, but like, you know, pre-information, information, this, that, and the other. And I know there was there was jokes about player selected terrain versus random terrain and whether they were going to do which ones. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to dive into all of that side of it, but like, it feels that simon right now, and I think Bob summed it up really well on the uh, Sunday Slaughter Discord earlier on. Right now, simon have got a perfect yeah. game with almost a perfect community outside of a couple of balanced things, maybe uh, dogs, by the way, check out the dogs. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, was, I was trying to,
3: I was trying to show you guys Carlo's dogs. Yes. Uh, they, they they came uh, into I mean, I'm in the room where Carlo stayed and <laughs> they're, they're both in here just moping around. I, I I think they actually miss Carlo. I think he charmed my dogs away.
0: <laughs> I, Hey, I, I miss Carlo. It he He has that effect on everyone. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think Bob summed, up, Bob summed up really well earlier on, which is like, everything about this game is really awesome, except it feels that Seamon, somewhere high up in Seamon, somewhere, maybe Asmati, Seamon, we don't know. Somebody somewhere is making this active decision to be like, let's not just give it that little more support and little more push that it needs. Um, and so as a result, it's falling down to community members, which brings me on to, like both a criticism, but also something that's actually amazing. Uh, The prize fund, the prize pool this year, was incredibly top-weighted with, I think it was $1,000 of store credit going to first place, Lucas. Which Mm -hmm. is the positive side, right? Um, You are not buying anything for yourself, I'm led to believe.
2: No. No, I I play Starks and I got everything I need.
0: (laughs) There you go. So go on, tell me, tell me what you're going to do with all this because I think this is actually really awesome.
2: Yeah, so I've already I've already sent the email out um, and I'll, I'll send you a, a copy of it. Um, I think like I might be but,
0: able to access it, I think. But yeah.
2: Yeah, so I just um, had the idea immediately. As soon as they told, told me $1,000 in store credit, I was like, well, my wife is going to be pissed if I <laughs> buy any more models that I have to paint. Um, so <laughs> I sent the email out to... Uh, organized play and told them you know i just want one copy of every starter box um here i'll i'll send you the email it's a little bit easier to read than me it's trying right.
0: it's all right i've got it here i think there we go yeah so you've literally bought one of everything is it brath you bought two brathians hang on is this yeah. seat is this secret inside knowledge A brathians op
2: <laughs> no, no, because they split. Because there's Renly and there's Stannis, and, I, and I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping we get somebody who wants to play Stannis side, so he needs to play Renly side, and Baratheons are always popular. Yeah. Um, everyone yeah. loves, Stag once,
0: definitely. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, the idea of just buying like a load of faction starters to not use them yourself, of course, but like to, to basically, you know, uh, someone, someone said it really well. Like, um, like a. A play and take, I think was the the f- referred to, basically, version. You know, you come in, you play a game, you learn the rules kind to base level, and at the end of it, you get to take away the starter. You get to play with it. You know, that's yours. Um, you now are into the game, and, like, spending $1,000, growing the community is way, way, way better than spending £1,000, I don't know, like, buying some lots of varamires for you to use and paint up right (laughs) Uh, exactly i
1: mean it's
2: as inexpensive as this game is it's almost too much money for one person anyway right i mean it even looks if i look at that dollar amount that's a community amount i mean we could do so much good with that what is that eight nine additional players we can potentially bring in and and the plan is we're gonna run a demo day with a brand new store that's opening up here that looks incredible, beautiful. It's High Ground Hobbies. Uh, it's gonna be here in Madison, Alabama. And we're gonna run a demo day, have people come out play, crack open the starter boxes. My friend John Reinhardt uh, has all the cards for all the factions, so he's gonna bring those in. We're gonna have people play with, the, with their faction of choice, and after they play, if they wanna buy into the game, we're gonna have them buy a Heroes box and the new 2021 card pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to give them the Starbucks for free. So this game's so inexpensive to get into anyway compared to other miniature games. And if we can just make that entry point that much easier, that much more attractive, I mean, our only goal is to have people to play. Like, if if we were the only three people in the world that played this game, it wouldn't be any fun, right? Yeah, This game's fun because we have people to play. Um, and it's shown that, I think Bob said it, Whenever you show this game to somebody, anybody who touches this game loves this game. Like, the core rules, core mechanics are great. The balance is great. I mean, Starks, you know, did well. Uh, Who would have thought? (laughs) I I really truly believe you can make a lot of great things happen with anything. Mark Rupp with neutrals? Holy crap. Was that a crazy game? Um, Fantastic player. Like, we just want to get as many people in as we can, and I think this is... I mean, it's just a no-brainer for me. Yeah. I, I gotta sorry, I gotta
3: do another another shout out to Mark because this is kind of another testament to his character, which I think everybody agrees Mark's character is phenomenal. Mark was actually winning that game against Feng.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And it was kind of like borderline time to go into overtime or end the game. They had ended around, the TO came by, and The TO asked Mark if he wanted to go to another round. Mark pretty well knew going into another round he would lose. If he had chosen to end the game there, he wins by a point. Um, Mark chose to go to another round. So, uh, again, you know, just a testament of his character. I I really like Mark a lot. And he did. He didn't win this time or come to runner-up. But I think everybody he played, even the ones where he lost, he gave them a hell of a game. With neutrals and he was running Dario this time. No <laughs> Boltons at all. No Boltons in either list. Not even a flayed not a cutthroat, not a blaggard. It was all uh hedge knights for the Dario with Stormcrows, and then it was all Mummers with Oh, I'm sorry, Bolton Bastards Girls. He does love oh, bastards oh, girls. He does. Sorry.
0: He does every, like, <laughs> like
3: his armor looks great. Yeah. Which is, super super good guy.
0: Which is again, love. you know, hugely important. Um so uh, that pretty much rounds off GenCon Gen for us. Again, huge shout out to, uh, to not just um, Stephen, but also uh, Chris for letting him use the Sunday Slaughter uh, Twitch channel because uh, bringing us streams, um, there was nothing officially organized. But of course, Stephen, uh, Stephen being able to do that for us across the world allowed us to tune in, to watch, kind of keep online. I know the internet connection wasn't great, but honestly, Stephen, don't worry about it. it it, like the fact that you were doing it at all when there was nothing officially done is all that really matters. And that's all really that the community cares Mm. about. So a massive shout out there. Massive shout out to like Bob and that lot for, for being on stream as well. Uh, shout out to of course yourself, Brett for, uh, for buying me a Varamir box, apparently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, uh, and also all the other, you know, the other stuff as well, being able to, to commentate and things like yourself, like you did. Um, And also commiserations of course for losing but also congratulations luke on the win um and for everything there and i say doing it with starks as well um we just have to organize that game now
1: (laughs) so i do have one final final
0: to
2: add to the whole gym con experience so after after the tournament was over we went to dinner with michael and fabio and um i felt like i had one shot one chance to throw a you know Potential rule change suggestion out there. Okay, and uh, it's always been my sticking point. I think I've mentioned it a few times in the comments on stats. Um, but I suggested the rules for cover change to something else, and uh, I think Michael was the one who suggested plus one defense to uh, saves or is ranged. You know, if you're in the on the cover terrain. So if we see that change. We'll call it, you know.
1: <laughs> the Luke change.
2: That is. <laughs>
3: yeah, he gave him the whole monkey paw thing. He told him he had, like, one wish. And that's
2: that's what he did. It's I mean, a true story. I'm... Not faction specific. This is for all of us.
0: Hey, hey, hey. That is a the good dilute. change. But I feel like if you were given the monkey paw, and that was the change you went for, you, you really could have done a lot better, man. You could have been like, I don't know, remove John from the game. Remove Mance from the game. Uh... You know, chariots. Um, I don't know, just something like that. I don't know, just something outrageous. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, the cover cover, cover is a good one. I actually think that's a brilliant idea. I think idea.
2: the is great. I just think it's the one keyword that doesn't do anything.
0: It's, it's, it's simultaneously pointless, while also being stupidly good when it works, like a giant or a dragon in a forest, or mm-hmm. like mag in a forest, and it's like, well, I can't shoot the fucker now. And it's like, yeah, you just can't, sh- you just can't shoot it, um, which is just kind of silly.
3: Um, Othel can shoot him. <laughs> Othel, Othel is the god of ranged attacks.
0: <laughs> Where do you draw a line I'm of sight sorry. from? Nowhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, uh, that's a good change. I appreciate that, Luke. Uh, the loot rule. Uh, we'll see. We'll yeah.
1: see. Um, yeah. Let's see.
2: Oh, and I did... I one last thing. Oh. I did get the model signed. Uh,
1: by guess who? Like, is that Z for Carlo? Z for uh, Carlo. On the, on the Carlo model.
0: Yes. <laughs> Winning. Winning. Yes. Um, on that note, I was actually going to ask, you know, the, the other piece of news is that Carlo is eventually going to be making his way back to the UK. He will be probably back next week for next week's episode. Um... Out of 10. Yeah? Cool mini or not. Carlo out of 10. That's what you have to rate this week. You have to rate Carlo out of 10. What do you think?
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, um, Carlo got into Indianapolis Sunday. <laughs> um <laughs> From the very beginning, he he arrived at the Greyhound. And I'm, I'm not going to do my horrible British impression, but essentially saying something about the buses in America are absolute dumpster fires and the bus stops are terrible places to be. And uh, from that point, from his experience with the buses, he got into my car. I had all three of my kids. It was a very interesting journey back to my house, like 25, 30 minutes. And then it just never let up. Uh, with all of that said, um, seriously, I, I knew that he would be like cool in person, but I, I, seriously, it, it's a 10 out of 10. Um, my wife absolutely loved him. Uh, she poked at his accent, poked at him for his tea habits. Um, my kids all loved him. My dogs loved him. My cat tried to sit on his head while we were eating. Um, everywhere we went and everywhere I took him, he was a gentleman. He was a pleasure. Um, he charmed Michael Chenal and Fabio as well, like just all around super great dude. Um, nothing bad to say about him, nothing at all. He was everything. He was great the entire time we went to family time games. He was great there. Um, everything was super fun. Uh, and m- some interesting comments from him. <laughs> uh, he's not from Indianapolis. He was showing me where to go. My sense of direction is terrible. So we had a good bit of fun poking at that. Uh, We broke down in my car. He helped me push my car into a parking spot and (laughs) just lots of adventures. I'm sure he has a lot of stories to tell about spending time with me because I am in fact a, like a walking calamity. That is not just, it's not just when I play TTS that it's guaranteed something stupid happens on my end. It's just everywhere. Just stupid things happen. And yeah, the whole first day at Gen Con is like a, a story of its own with, the car and the breakdown twice and and everything so
0: i i can actually double double confirm that uh he actually sent us a message um in group chat that i've got and he simply said after one day with brett i can tell you this is absolute chaos (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just a walking calamity is definitely definitely the way to definitely the Mm -hmm. way to describe it uh luke yourself
2: yeah, so I I missed, I missed Carlo on uh, Thursday. messaged him said, "Hey, I'll I'll see you there. I'll see you there on Friday." Um, we interacted a little bit, but we were both you know busy with our games So Friday night. We went out. Uh, we all went off to dinner together, which is another aspect of these conventions and these events and these tournaments. You know, it like if you ever are on the fence about going, you don't feel like you're a competitive player, you don't think, you know, you don't have, you know, a shot at winning a tournament. That's not what it's about. Like, it's about meeting people. It's about these relationships in this community. And, like, that's my favorite part. And meeting Carlo in person
1: was, was
2: pretty funny. I did not expect him to be so blunt with people. I mean, he just, he says... Well it's on his mind and he says probably what everybody's thinking, but he does not hold back. And I love it. <laughs> I wish I could do a good Carlo accent. Um, there was a moment where Fabio said something about terrain, about how you read you know, if you look at the rule book, it says players can bring whatever terrain they want. You know, you could cut out a big forest and bring it to a tournament if you want if the TO allows it. And Carlos, said, but what does that mean for organized play? <laughs> <laughs> and he just wasn't afraid at all to just take shots and i loved it i i thought his sense of humor was the best so i'm gonna give him the score you've already got on the screen i'm gonna give him a zero out of ten and give it right back to him for all that he's
1: given me <laughs> Love
0: worth it absolutely worth <laughs> it um yeah no obviously it's great um i think you know this is obviously the first time uh in this community that, you know, we've had the opportunity to kind of mix the two across. Um, no word of a lie, I am super hyped for when Chris gets to come over to the UK later this year, um, where we get to kind of like do the reverse. You had one of ours, now we'll take one of yours um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm really stoked because I think that we interact a lot online and it's great to know that when we do it in person, that it really is just, just an experience that's, that's that not worth there. forgetting yeah yeah it's way better um so yeah i'm I'm sorry I mean it's it's got me wanting to go to somewhere in the u s next year hopefully um if my poor wallet can afford it
2: mm-hmm. uh, I have a wife and three kids and a, and a demanding job at the end of uh, September early October I'd be at the LGT I mean Carlo invited me and and um you know was this close to just saying yeah sure, but i I won't be able to make it
0: that sucks that really sucks. <laughs> Um, we'll have to have you there in spirit. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just like load a little, little image of you, put you there. We'll put like Brett's face there, and then Chris, Chris can actually be there in person and show us his guns. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm really looking forward to it all. Um, but yeah, obviously, um, there's other stuff coming up in the US. Obviously, that's a Vegas and starting next year. Um, are you going? Are you thinking, Luke, about heading over to Vegas? To uh, go to the first big US event, I think, after this. I think it will be the first big one, I think. That's um, in gonna... 2023? Yeah, is that right? January, I think.
1: Possibly. Possibly. Yeah.
2: And what it'll depend on is if my wife wants to go with me. And since it's Vegas, she might want to go with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then she can just watch you playing all day. It's fine, right? That's how it works. <laughs> um. Awesome. Uh Brett yourself is, is your next big outing you thinking LVO next as well or? Um
3: When's when's LVO? It's in the fall, right?
0: I think it's I think it's in January this year. Uh, the next next year. Um no, it is on it, stats. It,
3: yeah, it sh- it sh- I should be able to do that. Um yeah. you did you you have to understand I spent all of my like wife points. Um at one point we had Carlo, Zach, Craig, and Dave all staying at my house so it was a little bit a little bit of chaos inside the house and then um every single day at gen con ran way over so uh i think i'm gonna have to give it some time and and paint some stuff in the house and do some house projects to build up my brownie points but yeah i think january is doable i would really like to go to ldo um all right yeah I, I, I'm not scorned or anything, but now, you know, I, I, it's the first US event I've lost since 19. So now I have, I'm not just playing to hold whatever imaginary title. I, I have to go claim something back. I have to become relevant again, right? So the, no, the, you... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the pride, the pride has been tarnished. Is that it? Now you've got to go and buff it up with some tournament wins. <laughs> nah,
3: nah Fang, Fang beat me with the Athians. Like I didn't go down to Free Folk. He beat me with, <laughs> What's considered, you know, not the greatest faction. So good, good on him. And then God, I just, I know I'm kissing your ass, Luke. I'm just so happy you won ever since that dinner, when I gave you resting happy face name, you're just, Mm -hmm. God, you're so contagious. You're so happy. (laughs) I just love it. Perfect, perfect, uh, perfect representation of the community. So I I couldn't be happier to, you know, have you walk away with the title.
2: Thanks man. And my, uh, discord image i think a couple months ago i changed it to that white smiling wolf right and i think that that probably just epitomizes my like who i am as a gamer who i am as a person
1: like all together in one
0: yeah from what i know it is (laughs) um so um yeah i think that that basically brings us to kind of like natural conclusion of where i wanted to go with everything there um we have got martels to talk about we've got varamir to talk about um there has been more martel information out there um, have any of you guys had the time to look at it Massively. yeah
3: before before we move to that can i can i check back to attorneys to do A shout-out for everybody that's listening or watching later. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go for
3: it. Uh, We've got the Bob's Adopticon. It's actually already on stats if you want to pull it
0: up. Yes, it is, isn't it? I I honestly forgot that that was happening. It's happening... Does it start... I didn't put it...
3: Yeah, I didn't put a real firm start date on it because I wanted to give the Gen Con players time to travel back and get over the convention hangover. Like... I was, I had my super spicy Brett privilege and some people played 13 games and I actually ended up only playing seven. Mm -hmm. So some people are probably more hungover than I am and I'm hungover. So I wanted to give plenty of time to, you know, let people get back into the, the, the vibe of playing competitively again. But if you haven't signed up, um, everything's on there. Of course, it's always fun to play. I want the event to be as big as possible because it is, you know, it's a competitive event. There's good players playing, um, but also every the entry fee is thirty dollars, but it's all going to Bob's adoption fund. So you can either pay directly to his link or you can send PayPal to me, and I've been going through and sending the PayPal money to Bob's adoption fund. So overall, it's just to raise money for Bob, another great community guy that we all we all love Bob, and so this was done just to kind of put some, put some help towards his adoption fund. Uh, this, some of the stories on there, but if you, if you want to know any other details about it, just, you know, you can reach out to Bob and, and inside the link, Bob and Julie have written something that explains their situation. And the grand prize for it is going to be the, uh, Robert's Warhammer that I won for us nationals last year. Mm-hmm. And so that's a thing. I, I hope I don't have to ship it overseas, but that's a thing. So that's the prize. That's what's up. That's what's up for the winner. Um, if we get an odd number, I'll jump in and play as promised. I'll use exactly the list that I used at Gen Con. Um, so there's no list tailoring or anything involved there. So I may play, I may not, but definitely jump in if you can, uh, to support Bob. And then now we can talk about other stuff.
0: Yeah. Nah, no, huge shout to Bob. Um, he's a very nice guy. And, uh, and what he's been through with his whole experience isn't the nicest. So, um, not just that I hope that it go, Not, you know, that I hope he gets some decent funding for it, that I hope it all goes ahead. I actually really hope it just goes well uh, when he goes through the process the next time. Um, because I know that uh, what he's been through so far has been... <laughs> to put it bluntly, it's been fucking terrible. Um, so, yeah. I really hope that goes well. So, um, Martel's The load of stuff was kind of shown briefly... Um, we're not going to go through the, the, the rigmarole of it now but from what you guys have seen what are you thinking you thinking good you're thinking bad you're thinking ugly you're thinking i'm stoked to see them on the table where, where are you at
2: i'll start um i think ario hota looks incredible
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, i think it's strange that he has fur on his cloak and that mm-hmm. they're out in the desert But it's cool, you know. Fur cloaks are awesome. Um, The other models, like particularly the spearmen,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, and they're very, very like Persian aesthetic. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I I
2: I originally was thinking that Martels were going to be my second faction. That this was going to be, you know, uh, my introduction into owning two factions and going back and forth. After seeing the models, I don't think that's the case for me personally. They're just not my um, they're just not my favorite look. Um, but I think the color p- part of the plastic. I think that orange, at least, much like the Greyjoys, mm-hmm. that like seafo you know blue green. Um, these are going to pop on the table. These are going to catch attention. These are models that like if you don't paint, if you're not a painter at all, and you just play with colored plastic you're going to feel good even just putting it on the table just just with the color.
0: Mhm. Yeah, no, uh they're very um I almost want to call them night's watchy aesthetic with the cloaks and things like that. Um they're the 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 skirmishers look basically the same as Hunters. The dervishes aren't too dissimilar to the dervishes we've already got in the game. Slightly different aesthetic, but similar kind of feel. And the the pikemen are very similar to what we've seen in the shadow spears, the shadow tower spearmen. Um, So like a lot of this is stuff that already exists in terms of like an aesthetic. Um, But yeah, if it's not your deal, it's not your deal. You know, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm pretty hyped. I'm pretty hyped. I'm probably going to get into them. Because I like the aesthetic, uh, and I have a lot of sand here that I may just use to pour on the bases and be like, "Oh, look, done." Um. <laughs> That's a
2: great thing, right? It's it's almost like another environment that we we don't see very much. You see a lot of like snow bases. You see a lot of kind of just dirt and grass. With Gradually, we got to see a lot of people doing, you know, water, beach, sand, mm-hmm. pipe scenes. I think. What People can do with the Martels is going to be really interesting too. You know, can, are you going to do the sand? Are you going to try to make some kind of water garden? Are you going to do um, some sort of like, you know, brick uh, flooring layout? Like, I mean, I just think there's a lot of different potential options for basing alone that I'm excited to see what people do.
0: Yeah, definitely uh brett i mean you've got to be pretty happy they're coming out right because first of all Martel's out and second of all uh it's another faction you can complain about
3: <laughs> you know um i don't know that they have much to complain about yet um
0: yet <laughs>
3: There's I, <the> key. <laughs> well if i didn't complain i wouldn't be brett that's i have true. to
0: complain that's true
3: i keep i keep all of the complaining for discord though i don't generally go on facebook and complain yeah so um no i think they're interesting they've got they've got some really cool elements um it looks like they're kind of testing some waters with some of the control aspects that Mm -hmm. they said they weren't really going to deal with um we've seen some of them kind of creep up but it's not Everywhere, right? It's not uni- universally available. It's not 1.6 Walter Frey levels of control. I like control elements being in the game because I like things to be checked to some extent. Um, so they have a card, if I'm not mistaken, that that was leaked. We're not 100 percent sure how accurate it is. It is though, right? But there's some card that has a condition where a unit with that card can't heal, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. A couple of yeah. that mechanic existing. Um,
3: yeah, so I think they've got some pretty cool stuff going on looking at the units i it's hard to look at the units, the attachments and the cards and things like that without actually playing them into a match to figure out how good or you know bad they actually function. Then you have to play them into several matchups to see how they work kind of in the meta so it's it's hard to sit and say that they're good or bad until we see them played um, and then a lot of it is regional, of course. Um, and I'm not going to sit and ramble about it, but you could see people that, you know, build around Martels. maybe some people won't, um, you know, it's just hard to say they, but they look interesting. I like their aesthetic. It's, uh, it's, it's more of what I'm into. A lot of the reason I went into Night's Watch is the models and yeah, you're right. They're very Night's Watch-esque. So will I pick them up or not? I don't necessarily know because i still have lannisters to to go back to at some point and susie for as as nice and cool as she is uh she doesn't want me to have uh, a game store inside the house again like i did before we moved so i have to be very choosy about what factions i have so um i'll play them on
2: tts though i'll give (laughs) it a try
0: (laughs) definitely um cool
2: yeah you see see that there's two boxes in that glass case yeah one of them was still in the little cellophane wrap. One of them, obviously, they opened to put those models out there on display. So I went and asked him. I said, so you got two boxes over here. You only need one, right, for the display. You don't need the other. It's over there mm-hmm. wrapped up. And I tried so hard. <laughs> I tried too hard to get that box to bring it home to my friend, John Reinhardt, who couldn't go to Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been waiting for Martel's it's his favorite faction. Um, wanted to take it home to him, but they are like... No, it's not. Not until it's out for retail, we can't give it away to you.
0: Oh, that sucks. That's right. Um, we're expecting them this year, I believe. I think the 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 temporary date we've seen on them is December. They may appear randomly before then, like we just saw Varimir. Um, just randomly appear before then. Um, who was quoted as being Q three. And we are into Q3, admittedly, uh, but he just randomly got released as well uh, in the lead up to this weekend. And he's coming out not just in America, where he was present at Gen Con, uh, he's actually in UK stores as well. Like, you can buy him in the UK as of today, um, which is mental, because <laughs> um, that really did just come out of the blue. Um, so, we talked about Martel's. They're pretty cool. We did mention Varamir early on, but we can we can dive into Varamir because these guys have had their cards released. Uh, they are for sale. Um, yeah, well, what do you think of the Varamir, the man, the myth, the legend? I know you were saying before, it's a uh, Brand's favorite thing ever, so you're pretty happy, Luke, to see this uh, appear. But yeah, what do we think of the stuff coming out? See if I can find the pictures of Varamir. Who wants to go first?
1: Sonny. Yeah, go ahead, in, 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 in the current <laughs> meta. Um
3: I'm sorry, I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. Um, three activations for five points is like free folk need that. Like I need another hole in my head. Like it's not I, I see it as, I think, if you don't run him as commander, you can get three activations for eight, right? Yes. And so I think all that really does, like for the list that we're looking at, the list that we're seeing, it just enables Mance with Mag at nine activations and not necessarily a whole lot of ways for most factions to pick on those low-wound solo models to get rid of them to even up the activation advantage. I think, you know, you just maybe see a couple four pointers drop for those three. And then you've got mag in there as the ninth activation to really leverage and hammer those tempos and, and the activation advantage. It, it, it quite frightens me actually. I don't think the units themselves are like crazy good or crazy overpowered or anything. It's just the numbers that, that scare me a little bit. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, It could turn into not a thing. Um, I would trust your expertise on it better. So I'll I'll listen intently to your take. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it could be a case of Friedman when, when Friedman were out, you know, you had people theorizing that Targs could get to 10 activations and obviously it just didn't work. So maybe, maybe he won't work for what Free Folk want to do, but I think it would to get Mag as the ninth and, and really leverage him. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I've got the pictures of them now. It's taken me far too long to find these. Um, And what's the bet that I show up at the wrong angle anyway? But let's switch them on. There we go. I'll flip them around so people can actually see them and read them. Um, Yeah, so... um, We've got a couple of things here. Let's have a look. We have his... There we go. His three units. Uh, him as a solo monster, his wolf pack and shadow cap. He three points or a commander for zero. The shadow cap for two, the wolf pack for three. Eight, eight points for three activations is pretty good. Um, five points for three activations, if you take him as a commander, is very good. Um, probably a bit silly. Um, however... You know, his cards don't really help the rest of the Free Folk out. He's no manse. He doesn't have this kind of aura. He himself is a three plus four morale. So one better armor, two worse morale, and also move four instead of uh, move six version of Shaggy Dog. He is basically Shaggy Dog in all other Mm ways. Um, uh, He comes with a Varimare's Eagle as well, which is the eagle... Exactly the same as the skin changer eagle. You put it on the board. You have to shift two around. As far as I'm aware, um, Varamir's eagle can't die either, but it's irrelevant. If Varamir dies, the eagle doesn't do anything anyway, so. A bit pointless. Um, um, the wolf pack.
2: The eagle's actually not, hmm? not terrible. The no, 2 it's...
0: it's not. The thing is, the skin changer's usually costing pain two to get that. I don't think it's good. Here, getting it for free? Might be pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. Um, the wolf pack at 3 points with distract which is a very good ability Um, during your turn units that are engaged with a unit with distract can't be the target of friendly tactics cards that is very good Um, so I don't know whether we see that there apart from that there are 4 armor 2 morale, 3 wound unit, uh, six move there, like a slightly watered down direwolf um, in that sense. They also can't control objectives. And the shadow cat coming in at two points is more like Barox boar. It's got two wounds, it's so only got two dice on its attack, a four plus, two plus, same, same profile. And it comes with disrupt with a minus one. Um, uh, minus one to hit, engaged. Um, the difference is Shadow Cat deploys at the start of the game on a flank table edge, within short. Um, which is very interesting. It's not a cheap drop, it's a cheap activation that comes in on the flank. I can see that being very precedent against certain units. And it's the start of any round as well, not just the first. Um... Your take, Luke? Where, where do you stand on this personally?
1: I actually really
2: like Verimir a lot. Not necessarily as a commander, but just uh, as an option that you can take, especially when you take Verimir and he's not a commander, you can pick and choose which one of these you want to bring with him. If you just want to bring the Shadow Cat, if you just want to bring the Wolf back. Um, mm-hmm. What I think, I feel like balance wise and points wise, maybe the Shadow Cat should have been one more point with a couple more wounds. Um, mm-hmm. I think putting the whole package at nine um, would have probably sat well with everybody else as far as how the activation advantage goes per per point value. Um, but if they are what they are, and I think what I like about them most is not necessarily in a mans list, but in a mag list, right? Mm-hmm. And I think taking a mag list with mag, two savage giants, Vermeer. And the Shadow Cat, um, you got five monsters, and you can still take three four point NCUs. So you can take Craster, you can take Val for the maneuver for the Giants, and you can take um, Mance NCU for the card draw. And that five three is something I don't think was possible with Mag before Varomir came out. And you're only paying five points for Varomir and the Cat to get two activations. If you're in a situation where you play Fire and Blood um, and you drop that mag list, you're only putting out four drops for them to mark in Fire and Blood. They got three giants and they've got Varimir, who's basically just a slower, tankier, shaggy dog. Um, Shadow Cat's not on the table yet. So then, start of any round, you can wait till round two. You can wait till people have moved up, right? You bring in that Shadow Cat. If you get into the rear of any archer unit in the game, I mean, they normally hit on fives on their melee profile, disrupt putting them at sixes. You can just have that cat be so annoying attacking somebody's rear the whole game and they're forced to either melee you hitting on sixes, retreat from you and move towards your monsters or I mean, I I don't know what other option they have. I mean, unless they have some other free maneuver, some other way to get out of combat, take the maneuver zone, um, you just have this cap that's just causing problems. And Brett, mm-hmm. Mickey, you play Warhammer Fantasy, you've played games before, you know how effective skirmishers are in somebody's rear, and this is an outflank that doesn't require a uh, horse zone. Right? You don't, have right. To. Yeah. you don't have to choose between, well, Mag doesn't have Endless Horde, but you know, Endless Horde or the Maneuver Zone and outflanking, you just get it at the start of the round whenever you want.
1: I think it's great.
0: Someone said that they should change up the outflank rule to be something like this. Um, I think that would be very powerful if it was just flat outflank. Um, but you know what? I wouldn't be massively adverse to King Rob being something like this. Um, you know, the, there's always the problem when you've got like charging off the tactics board that you get to do this and then deploy behind a unit and then immediately swords and charge because it's basically unreactable. There's not much you can do. Um, You stand and take it. And nobody wants King Rob to just like exist and with this rule and just be like, right, I get to deploy this Tully Cavalier behind you and then I'll charge you. And then I get to put these tokens out and I've done it off assault orders from the swords. So they still get a second chart. Like that would be fucking annoying. (laughs) And I think everyone would be suddenly very scared of, of flanking units but we do need something better than the current outflank existing, which is just shite. Um, in the grand scheme like of it. things, yeah.
2: Mickey, I like it. The you can come in off of any zone, I think, activated, or you can come in specifically off of one zone, one zone unactivated. I think yeah. like that would be a great fix.
0: I think that 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 certainly is for me the the fix to to bring it round because it means that the we're not going to have Targ field control making out flank literally pointless. We're not going to have free folk, like, constantly taking horses to make it pointless. Um, and other stuff as well, right? So, I think that's... I think that's an important one. Um, as for Varamir, yeah, I think he's good. Uh, the thing that I'm worried the most about with Varamir, his commander's is okay. He gets to do, like, actions with his units and stuff. Not that put up by his, his tactics cards. Um, bonded guardians, which is basically sentinel but for one of his units uh, him his cat or the wolf um you've got bonded command which is basically uh any one action with a unit of those three giving up the unit so it's a bit like the is it cunning ploy um style thing or it's more like a cross between issue commands and cunning ploy together it can be any action Um, And then you've got summon companions Which is bringing these things back Now that could be good Um, Mm -hmm. Bringing back dead units is pretty good Um, I'm not that fussed by them though Overall I think you're right A mag list is where I'm going to want to see these Um, Certainly making things like Monsters of the North actually a playable card Which is awesome Um, But also there is this Which I am a little bit worried about Now this I am fully worried about We have 10 activation mounts list, which is basically the existing mounts list we see at 9, Trappers, Trappers, Raiders, uh, sorry, the existing mounts list we see at 10, which is 2 Trappers, 2 Raiders, 2 Chariots, Val, Craster, Ygrit. We now get to see Trappers, Trappers, Raiders, with Tormund, Chariots, Chariots, Raiders, Val, Craster, Ygrit. And then the bear so that was before you'd have to run that package with another four point unit you didn't have tormund i think now with that that drop you can take varamir allowing you that one extra point to upgrade a four point unit to the five point tormund unit i'm worried that this 10 activation free effect list might be very very good because it now has all the tools that the nine basically has outside the fens um but it has them in ten (laughs) um and a lot of cavalry manoeuvres now as well with potentially running Double Chariot and Varamir. Um This is the thing that worries me. I don't know if this will become fruition. I don't know if this will turn out to be the thing that it should be or will be. But yeah, uh, this scares me. Um, the giant list though. The giant list. Uh, dumb giants list. Uh, you can run this. And you can run Mag, 1-1, one, one, Savage Giant, Valcraster, and then the three... Uh, beasts taking up to a 6-2 A activation list I think that would be interesting for a Free Folk player, I'd play that Um, so yeah that's where I stand on it, we'll see how it all turns out I think he might be too good but I'm worried Brett I'm going to let you say this a Free Folk OP
3: yeah they're still OP
0: yeah, I think Free Folk, free folk might be OP. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that was basically it for news-wise. That's all we had released. Nothing else got spoiled, did it? No. no. No, we don't have anything else spoiled. I'm trying to think back. So that's where we stand with all the releases and stuff. So I guess we'll finish off with tournaments that are coming up. Obviously, we've got Bob's Adopticon online. Check that one out. We have got this week uh, starting this week, I'm assuming we've got this gate, a uh, fortress gaming local, uh, six player event in Albany, New York. We've got an event happening in Lublin, Poland. Brilliant. Another event. Well done to Boardmania, Another Polish event. Where are we at? Where would we be without them? We've got an event happening in Russia, in Kazan. We've got an event happening in Duisburg in Deutschland, in Germany, one in Pontypool. We've got one in, uh, common grounds games. Do check out common ground games in, uh, Scotland, uh, So guys over there doing an ELO event. We've got uh, Charlesford's monthly Clash of Members for August happening this weekend. We have an event happening in Poland, in Warsaw. We also have an event happening in Clovis, California. And we've also got an event happening on Sunday in La Réunion. We've got one happening in Spain, in Valencia. We've got one happening in Gdansk, Poland. Wow. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, and Adopticon. Whew, 12 events. 13 events, if you count that one. Uh, starting this weekend or ending this weekend. Um, that's a lot of events. If you're near any of them, go to one of them. If you're in the US, pay this man a visit in Huntsville, Alabama. Is it? you still playing at Rocky, Rocket City?
2: Yeah, yeah. so yes. Rocket City's is a new for Huntsville, Alabama. That's where we built the rockets to send the astronauts to the moon.
0: Ah, well, there you go. I, I actually didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. So, yeah, uh, that's what we <laughs> I assume you've got an event coming up soon-ish. I know you guys do events like relatively sporadically. Um, or Pretty we,
2: to, we were trying to do it every quarter, I think. Right now, we we wanted to do Gen Con, and we wanted to shift our focus to doing these demos and giving out these starter boxes and trying to grow the community. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to roll into, once we've given out all these boxes, or as many as we can, um, we're going to roll into probably doing like a campaign mm-hmm. to get these new players playing the game, involved, mix up the matchups, nice. kind of observe them. And then once they've got their feet under them, you know, we don't want to just throw them into a tournament. Uh, but once they're ready, we're going to probably have another event probably in the fall or the wintertime.
0: Awesome. That's that mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, do keep us posted on that. Obviously, we'll give it a shout out, um, but let us know when it crops up. Because uh, really? I really want to know how the community growth goes as well anyway. Um, and yeah, just, you know, we'll we'll obviously stay uh, in contact there. Uh, Brett, obviously we talked about it earlier on. You've got Adopticon uh, now as your main focus uh, and fixing up the house uh, to get those wife points. Um, mm-hmm. So is there anything else we want to mention there? Or you're just going to be playing um, family time games still?
3: yeah I'll, I'll be playing a little bit more family time games i hope i hope that this event kind of uh rekindled some interest from the indie club gary did qualify with baratheons um but he didn't sh- make it to day two he said he sprained his knee or something the previous day and he was not feeling like going standing again for those games um but he did qualify he took um his trusty 4-2 Baratheons and his 4-3 Barat, uh, 5-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's a 4-2 and a 5-2. Now his 5-2 is actually quite nasty. Uh, we don't have to go into it right now, but, uh, <laughs> and then, um, so now I hope we can get some more local things going in Indy kick kick up some local tournaments. Cameron is reinvigorated with his interest and we've, we've got a big club. We just need to set up some, some days and some things. Uh, I'll be, Trying to do the Dragonfall stuff, which is essentially um a Adepticon, not Adopticon, yeah. Adepticon primers. Uh, they're starting to do those later in the fall. Um, so those are always interesting to go to. Marty is a fantastic tournament organizer, super nice guy. Um, and then I just want to touch on uh I think it's Andre, his question that he asked. Oh yeah. Why would someone not want to create a stats account. Um, it's a difficult question. I don't have a real answer for because they won't give you a solid answer, but based on their kind of dancing around, I uh, <laughs> answers. I think, I think the biggest thing becomes ego. I think, I think people don't want to bookkeeping on their wins and losses. I think it can be hard for, for some people to have that out there and in reality, um, Sometimes it goes back to that big fish in a small pond kind of thing. Um, and then they kind of figure out that, you know, they're not necessarily the greatest or what what they think they are, because maybe they dominate their local community, but that's not necessarily indicative of how well they play in the global scheme of things. That's, that's all I can really think of. Um, unless they have something personal against Mickey and Carlo, which I mean, it does exist, right? Some people helps. don't know they don't know how to handle that direct, blunt honesty, like like what uh, Luke said. And and some things, sometimes you guys aren't the nicest. Sometimes I'm not the nicest. So it, it just depends on that with with how much you carry a grudge and, and how far you take it. Um, those are the only two reasons I can envision mm-hmm. is if they dislike them or if they just don't want their record to be accessible and kind of come come to terms with the fact that they're. They don't win every game and whatever the case may be.
0: It is okay, by the way, anyone watching this, if you don't like us, you just have to say that you don't like us. Then we'll send the boys around, mostly Carlo, and he'll tell you why you're wrong about liking us. I think that's how it works. No? No, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's absolutely fine. You don't have to like us. We just ask you to use the site. Uh, I hate Carlo, and Carlo hates me. That's the secret that nobody knows. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, no, I appreciate that one, Brett. Um, and yeah, uh, Luke, I, uh, I can't help but notice you've got a little, uh, visitor. Uh, <laughs> is she yes. one of
2: his? <laughs> this is my youngest. Her, her older siblings are at school. This is Ivy. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, can you show her your shirt? What's, what's on his shirt? Can you give him a how? What's a wolf's day?
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Great job. yes uh I noticed you were repping in the n r g merch on the day so i had to i thought i had to uh yes. to wear it here um was in my
1: baby
3: shirt.
0: yes uh, <laughs> no fantastic well um I think that does mark the end of the show uh at uh nice nice uh, leisurely two hours um and uh, yeah just a, a final thanks to yourself Brett for joining us today and of course to yourself uh, Luke um, and also congratulations again Luke uh, on taking the win, taking that big W, taking it home for the start boys um, I think everyone's been saying you're now the king in the north which I think is probably true um, so any final With words from error. yourself before
2: that in parentheses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> luke king of the north new name on, on discord anything that you want to uh finish off with brett do you want to finish off first
2: uh
3: i'll just answer bob's question that i just saw yes um as far as the in-person events, the the level of competitive play the the margins of victories most uh crushings were relatively rare actually most games came down to the wire a lot of games came down to a single dice roll um including what he said about his game with Sean. And uh, simultaneously, the exact same thing happened to Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rolled a two and a two. Harakars uh, had to fail or it was game over. Uh, if Herakars failed, it was game over. And two turned into a one. Herakars dropped the token. That's how Craig was eliminated. So when games are ending like that, it's it's hard to complain about how competitive the event is. And I think, I think Carlo agreed that the the player skill there was, was really high. So it was very
2: difficult. Yes. To navigate through that one. Mm -hmm. I think anybody on day two could have taken it. I mean, when you, I had games, you know, that were down to the wire. I mean, that, that role, the panic test for Mance, I needed a one, you know, to, to move on. And and that's, that's how close they were. They're great players. Mm
0: -hmm. That's what we like to hear. That is what we like to hear. And it is fantastic to see it, uh, to see it happening in the US which I think has been uh, without trying to sound too negative I think it's been missing um, on the big events because you haven't had the player turnout and things like that previously uh, but now you only got the turnout you got the players, you were able to do the top 16 and yeah Also I think it all came up uh, I think the real winner there was the US community rather than necessarily just Luke although obviously Luke did win <laughs> um, Cool, any final words from yourself Luke and Ivy?
2: <laughs> for me you want to say bye
0: Ivy. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us Luke and thank you very much Ivy uh, thank you very much Brett um, as well again and uh, thank you for everyone else joining us today um, I hope you had a great time uh, shout out to all the various different players you know uh, Stefan, Ilya uh, Sean, Carlo um, Craig, Roger um feng um i'm trying to think of all the various different players jesus christ who have i missed christ. plenty of others bob i didn't think i said bob um yes anyway you all know who you are fantastic event thank you for very much for attending getting uh getting us to see some games there and uh we will see you all next week with a carlo and uh maybe some stuff to talk about we'll see <laughs> take it easy okay. next week guys Thanks, so, see you later See ya. Ready, aim! There's too many! Anyone see my mammoth? Ah! No! Stabby!